Welcome to Ladies Who Love Christ, where we love to encourage you to build intimacy with Christ. We'll bring you insights and teachings to help you grow in your walk with Jesus, ultimately becoming the strong, godly woman you were created to be. Here's Ashley Pope Todorova. Hello, ladies. If you're listening on the podcast or you're watching on YouTube, we are so excited to have you here for session three of Colossians. Maybe you're new here and we've never had the opportunity to meet. My name is Ashley Poptodorova, and I am uh, one of the leaders of Ladies Who Love Christ Ministries, and I'm just so glad to have you here. Maybe you're just jumping in and you've not been participating in this Bible study. We are focusing tonight on Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and we're going to be talking about sufficiency of scripture and what that means, and we're going to be talking about the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and all open together in prayer as we begin to study God's word together. So Lord, I thank you so much for what you're doing here at Ladies Who Love Christ Ministries. I cannot... Um, I cannot start a prayer without thanking you, Lord, because I'm so aware. I mean, I really am aware every second of every day of how I can do nothing apart from you, Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord, that tonight the ladies dig deeper into your word, that their hunger and their fervor for your word and for truth, um, Lord, that throughout this study and throughout her time, Lord, it's just strengthened. I pray that you give her the ability uh, to just silence the distractions around her. There are a lot of wonderful um, things that we get to do, but Lord, none is more important than building intimacy with you. So I pray, Lord, that you give her this uninterrupted time to just come before you, Lord, before the throne of God to, to study your word, Lord, as we, especially tonight, as we talk about what um, the sufficiency of Christ really means and what the sufficiency of scripture means. So, Lord, I thank you for this. I'm so aware that I can do nothing apart from you. So please, Lord, have me remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit tonight and um, just do what only you can do, what you do every single time. I'm so grateful for you. It's in Jesus' beautiful and precious and holy, holy name I pray. Amen. Okay, girls. So we are going to dive right in. Open your Bibles. Get something to take notes. Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Now, if you are working from the book, again, I'm going to preface this. Don't feel like you're missing out if you don't have the book because I go line by line. We're going we're gonna to dig in together. You're not missing anything um, because that's what I'm teaching through tonight. Uh, and if you want to know what book it is, we're working through Colossians and Philemon by John MacArthur. It is from his um, Bible study series. He has quite a few of them. We're doing Colossians and Philemon together. So Colossians 2 chapters, uh, verses 1 through 10. Now, if you are working from the book, turn to page 41 in the book, page 41. And we're going to cover the context section. Now, I do this every single week. I tell myself, you're going to talk slow and calm, and you're not going to go off. And every single week, I talk faster and faster, and I do sometimes go off, okay? So I'm going to try really hard tonight um, to kind of slow down a little bit. Um, but if you miss anything, again, you can just go back to the podcast and it will be up there for you within a few days after the teaching. So on page 41, we're going to read together and we're going to kind of bullet out under the context 
section, we're going to bullet out some of these things. So from the dawn of recorded history, man has pondered the questions of ultimate reality. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Worldly philosophies ineptly try to answer these queries or these questions. Okay, the city of Colossae also had its philosophers, Colossia. The church there faced the danger of being infiltrated by false teaching, as we do right here in our own day. The church has throughout history fought to maintain its doctrinal purity. Now, listen closely. This is why, this is why here at Ladies Who Love Christ, <clears throat> I'm very specific in the teachings that we do. I'm very um, strategic in the teachings that we do, whether it be other authors or me writing the studies, whatever it is, I'm very strategic in this. And this, this book, the reason why we're doing this is because you gals are seeing this play out, whether you recognize it as such or not, you're seeing this play out right now, right here, modern day in our churches in 2023. So it's really important that we as, as ladies come together to study God's word, to truly know God's word, so that when things are being taught that are not doctrinally sound, we're going to be aware of that. We're going to know, okay? We're going to know, and we're going to know immediately. So Paul, in this, in this section of Colossians, attacked the false teachers head on. He literally attacked them head on. The specific heresy threatening the Colossians is unknown. However, some reconstruct its tenets from chapter 2, verses 8 through 23, where Paul attacked the first element of the Colossian heresy, false philosophy. By the way of a warning, he contrasts the deficiency of philosophy with the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Now, what I want you to do, if you are taking notes, is I just want you to write down sufficiency of Jesus, sufficiency of Christ, okay? Write that down because I want you to later on in the study, write the definition of, of what the sufficiency of Christ really means. And I'm gonna give that to you. So just recapping, the Colossian church was failing. I mean, not failing, falling and failing, <laughs> falling prey to hearsay and false doctrine. The church has always, thought to maintain doctrinal purity. Now, this is really important because there's a lot of things in the word of God that right now in our culture, I like to take things from time, culture, context. Right now in our culture, we are arguing with and we're questioning things that are in scripture, very clearly written and laid out for us in scripture and we're questioning these things and we're challenging these things and we're doing it from within the framework of our churches okay you see entire denominations that are going against the word of god this is doctrinal impurity it means that they are taking the word of god they are watering it down. They are making it what they want it to be. And this is, off, this is it's often, 90% of the time, where this all stems from. People want itching ears. People want to hear what they like to hear. They want what makes them feel comfortable. And oftentimes, those false teachings spawn from that, okay? You girls, my heart for you, my heart for this ministry, and the Lord knows this, is that we be women so set I'm pursuing Jesus Christ through his word, 
the complete, inerrant, infallible, sufficient word of God that we recognize false doctrine when we hear it. Paul attacked the false philosophy within the church. And then he contrasts, I'm just bulleting this, he contrasts the deficiency of philosophy with the sufficiency of Christ. Now, let me go ahead here and turn. I want you to turn in the word to Colossians chapter two, verse three. You're probably already there. If you are, that's awesome. Colossians chapter two, verse three. And it says, in him, in Christ, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This statement, ladies, is a proud, uh, profound summary of the sufficiency of Jesus Christ, the complete and utter sufficiency of Jesus. Now, the idea of salvation, girls, the idea of salvation by grace, apart from works, for those who were steeped in Old Testament law. Now, you got to remember, Paul was going right directly to the church to confront the heart of, of the, these um, fallacies that were starting to take root within the church. But you have to remember, as we talked about in earlier sessions, the church, the church at Colossians was made up of Jews and Gentiles. A lot of people were steeped in Old Testament traditions and Old Testament laws and adhering to works, works-based things, okay? So the idea of salvation by grace apart from works for those steeped in this Old Testament law, it was a difficult, difficult concept to grasp. So just highlight, I really hope you have the word of God open. If you have your device, that's fine. You can highlight it that way, but devices fit back so many distractions. My heart is that when you girls come before um, the word of God, it's a paper copy that does not spit back all the distractions, only God's word, okay? So I want you to highlight Colossians 2, 3, and just write sufficiency of Christ, write that near, near that passage. And we are going to go back to that. We're going to do a little bit of bouncing around tonight. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 3, and we're, we're going to be going back and forth. Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26, okay? So last week, Christ is the image of the invisible God. He is not just a good man. He's the image of the invisible God. This week, he is fully sufficient and his word is fully sufficient. And I'm gonna show you in scripture, this exact thing. So Romans chapter three, verses 21 through 26. We're gonna read it together. Give me just a second. Let me check my notes here. Okay. It says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. Apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and prophets. Verse 22, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to this, through faith, faith as big as a mustard seed in Jesus Christ to all who believe since there is no distinction. What this means is Jews and Gentiles, everybody, there's no distinction. 
okay? That those who through faith in Jesus to all who believe, there's no distinction. It's for everybody who believes by faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Verse 24, they are justified freely by his grace, his favor, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God, verse 25, God presented him as an atoning sacrifice in his blood, received through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. Verse 26, God presented him, Jesus, God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus, okay? This, this passage in Romans, this entire passage speaks to the complete sufficiency of Christ. Jesus plus nothing. Jesus and only Jesus, the complete sufficiency of Christ. I want you to write down Romans 3, verse 21 through 26, and go back later when you're recapping the study and, and highlight it and read it and meditate on that passage. So if you are working from the book, I'm going to read a few things. I'm, I'm writing or I'm reading from my own notes tonight, as well as notes from the book. So I am going to be bouncing back and forth. On page 42, under keys to the text, okay? Keys to the text. Philosophy. The word philosophy is from the Greek word philosophia, literally meaning love of wisdom. It appears only in the New Testament. The word described any theory about God, the world, or the meaning of life. Any theory, okay? That is what a love of wisdom, that is what philosophy means. The first century Jewish historian wrote, there are three philosophical sects among the Jews. The first is the Pharisees, the second is the Sadducees, and the third is the Essenes. Thus, the term philosophy was broad enough to encompass religious sects. Most likely the false teachers at the church in Colossians used it to refer to the transcendent higher knowledge that they supposedly attained through mystical experience. Now, what I'm going to do is I am going to, give me one moment. Okay, I'm going to, I just let someone in. Uh, if you are on Zoom, please keep yourselves on mute. I'm going to just park it before we we go any deeper into the keys to the text. Um, and I want to just read a few things to you. Now, tonight, my, um, my goal was to not just talk to you about the complete and utter sufficiency of Jesus Christ, but to also talk to you about the sufficiency of scripture. Because false doctrine, false doctrine, doctrinal impurities within the church start with, listen to this, they start with people failing to really truly believe in the sufficiency of scripture. You will have people that, that question, right, the infallible, inerrant, that means without error, word of God. You will have people question that and you will have people question the sufficiency of scripture. Here's what happens. 
when you question the sufficiency of scripture, when you question the, the sufficiency of God's word, then you now leave, listen to this, you now leave his word open to one's interpretation. That is where false teachings and false doctrines stem from. Okay, that is where they stem from. Because people don't really believe that the entirety of God's word is completely and fully W-H-O-L-L-Y in its entirety true. That is a very important thing to understand. Now, I want to read to you from the King James Version Dictionary here, the definition of sufficient. Listen to this. It is enough. It is equal to the end proposed. I don't expect you to write this down. Just listen. It's enough. It's equal to the end proposed. It's adequate to wants. It's competent as a provision, sufficient for the family, um, for voyage, for anything, completely and utterly sufficient. It's qualified, competent, poss possessing adequate talents and, and accomplishments, right? Fit, able, competent power or ability. It is enough. I love that in this definition, the first word that it gave to describe sufficient is, it is enough. God's word is enough. Jesus is enough. It is God's word plus nothing. It is not man's teachings. It is not man's word. It is not man's ways. It is the entire sufficient, inerrant, without error, infallible word of God, Old Testament to new, that beautiful picture of what God did for us through the complete, precious, complete, precious gift of Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You have to understand that if you do not trust God's word to be fully and completely sufficient, you are going to leave his word open to your interpretation, to your feelings, to what makes you feel good, rather than what God taught us to be completely true. It's enough. It's enough. All false doctrines start with whether people realize it or not, the belief that scripture is not sufficient. That scripture is just written by men. We're going to talk about this tonight. We're going to look at passages in the word of God, because I always tell you, test and approve. God's word says test and approve. Test and approve. Anything that I teach you, anything that anyone from a stage teaches you, anything that a pastor teaches you, do not follow a person. Do not follow a name. Follow Jesus. Question everything and question it by the full and complete word of God. You will not fall prey to false doctrine when you do these things. When you don't do these things, listen, I'm going to make it basic, simplistic tonight. When you don't do these things, when you follow people, when you follow people that may have a big following, when you follow people that everybody loves on social media, when you follow people and you don't follow God, you will buy false doctrine. You will mix truth with lies. You're not going to know it because you're not studying the sufficient word of God. Listen to me. You're going to mix truth with lie. And what do I teach you girls all the time? When you take truth 
and you water it down with even the most minute bit of lie and false doctrine, it's no longer true. This is why I have you guys do a chapter on your own every week because I don't want you to be spoon fed the word of God. I don't want you to be fed baby food. I want you to learn how to go to God's word. God, Christ, through Jesus Christ, he is fully sufficient, fully sufficient enough, completely and utterly enough. Now, this is not in the book, but it's some extra stuff I want to talk about with you tonight. And we're going to look at passages because again, paralleling Paul talking to the Colossians, we're going to go back from Paul talking to the Colossians to what does this look like here and now? Time, culture, context, then apply. I'm going to say it again. Time, culture, context, then apply. That means study in time, culture, context, then apply to your life. Don't, don't cherry pick. We're going to talk about the doctrine of sufficiency of scripture. The doctrine, write it down. The doctrine of sufficiency of scripture. This is fundamental. This is fundamental to the Christian belief and faith. What does this mean? Ladies, write it. These are bullets that I want you to write, okay? This means that the Bible is all we need to equip us for a life of faith and service. The Bible is all we need. It is enough. It is sufficient. It is enough. It is sufficient. I'm going to repeat it and repeat it so you get it and you hear it and it's drilled in. The Bible is sufficient. It is all we need. It is enough to equip us for a life of faith and service. It does not mean that God will not use people to author books, to give further, um, uh, you know, explanation and dialogue about his word. But what this is saying is if you're going to all the people, if you're going to the cool people, if you're going to social media to learn the word of God and you're not going to God's fully sufficient word, you will buy false doctrine and you're not going to know it because you're not studying God's word yourself. This is the, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? This is the passion that Paul was talking to the church at Colossians about, because you had the Jews, you had the Gentiles, you had these different backgrounds. You had one thinking they were better than the other and, and, and their beliefs and their values and their systems and their history was more than the other, right? And you had this old Testament law and works that was so deeply ingrained in them. And then you had this hodgepodge in the church and all of this false doctrine started to take root this is happening today here now the bible is all we need to equip us for a life of faith and service so what does this mean to you well that means i can't read any book i didn't say you can't read books and listen to podcasts but what i am telling you if you are allowing somebody else's effort and time spent in the word to supplement your own study of God's word, you're not going to know if you're buying false doctrine. You're not going to know if what you're being taught is true. You're not going to understand that. Or if you're going to these sources or resources I know people who read, they brag about reading a book a week. 
I mean, some people read more and they brag about it and it's a title to wear, but have you read God's word? As a believer in Christ, you can read all the books, the writing and reading of books, is, is, it's endless. But are you going to God's word to attest and approve what is being taught to you? And not only that, but to learn and, and, and that model to emulate in your life for a life of faith and service. Are you going to God's word or are you going to all the books and all the things and all the people? Are you following people? I know more people who get excited to follow a particular pastor or person than they are to follow Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And if that's convicting, Again, it's not for me, but it should be. It should be. Because we're in this culture that does this. We chase people. We chase accolades. We chase the people with all the followers. We chase the limelight. Meanwhile, God's word, precious word, fully sufficient word, fully inerrant, infallible word sits there collecting dust. And we wonder and we're shocked when we buy lies or we're confused. You have got to go to God's word, fully sufficient, enough word, yourself. The next point, I'm going to get through these, I promise. The next point on the doctrine of sufficiency of scripture that I want you to write down is that the Bible provides a clear demonstration. The Bible provides a clear demonstration of God's intention to restore the broken relationship between himself and humanity. Through his son, Jesus Christ, our savior. The Bible provides a clear Old Testament to new. I tell you every week and I'm going to tell you every single week until you get tired of hearing it. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm going to be repetitive here and basic, basic and repetitive, because these are the things that people are missing. You cannot discount and detach the Old Testament from the new. You cannot make God's word what you want it to be. You cannot cherry pick the pieces you like while dispelling and rejecting and regurgitating those that you don't like. You can't do that. God's word is completely enough. It is fully sufficient for everything that we need to live a life of faith and service. And it literally lays out God's intention to restore the broken relationship between himself and humanity. That broken relationship from sin. Through his son, Jesus Christ, not a good man, the image of the invisible God, the holy king of kings, the Messiah, the anointed one. You have to have a right picture of who Jesus is. That goes back to last week. If you missed last week, it's on the podcast. Ladies who love Christ, find us on YouTube or our podcast. Every session is uploaded there. That's what we talked about. It is not that Jesus is just a good man. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. If you don't study the fully sufficient word of God, you're not going to have a right picture of who Jesus is, and you're going to buy what anybody and everybody wants to tell you about Jesus. Are you following me? Okay. That's the second point that I just gave you about the sufficiency of scripture. The third is that no other writings are necessary for the good news to be understood. How amazing is it that God chooses to use people, even amidst our, our, our sins and our brokenness and our mess and our dysfunction, he chooses to use people, but you do not mistake this 
truths. No other writings are necessary for the good news, the gospel, that means good news, to be understood. There is no addition needed to God's word. That's what it means, the, doc the doctrine of, of sufficiency of scripture, to be fully sufficient. There are no other things needed for the good news to be understood, ladies. This is why it's so important that you dig into God's word. This is why it's so important. Let's look at what scripture tells us about the sufficiency of scripture, okay? Here's what it tells us. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, not partially equipped, not somewhat equipped, but thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3, write it down. I would love to see you girls go back, take post-its, take index cards, write these passages out. Start to commit the word of God to heart. Start to not just read to read, but read to actually let it sink in. Let it seep down deep in your heart, God's word. 2 Timothy 3, that was verses 15 through 17. It's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, complete in every good work. Turn to 2 Peter. I'm going to get there too. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. I'm going to read this to you. It's another passage about the sufficiency of scripture. Okay. Here's what it says. Verse 20. Above all, you know this. No prophecy of scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation. Verse 21. Because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, listen close. Don't get distracted. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The scriptures are sufficient. What 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21 is saying, if scripture is God-breathed, then it's not man-breathed. If scripture is God-breathed, then it's not man-breathed. You'll hear people say, ah, the Bible is just a, a bunch of guys that, that put these works together. Men wrote it. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21 literally tells us that it talks about the full and complete sufficiency of scripture. If scripture is God-breathed, then it is not man-breathed. Although it was written by men, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That is why. <laughs> I love talking about this. I get excited. That is why you can read Old Testament to New and you have so many dating back to way back when debates and theologians and people that people that come along and try to disprove Christianity and they cannot because this book is not man breathed. It is God breathed. It is enough. It is fully sufficient. And Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the image of the invisible God, he is fully sufficient. This is all you need. But so often we go to all of the things, all of the things. We seek advice and opinions and insight. We seek 
different philosophical backgrounds. We love of wisdom from people, but yet we fail as believers in Jesus to go to God's word. Ladies, this is my, my prayer for you. That that stop and that nothing get priority in your life. Nothing gets into this headspace. Nothing gets into this heart space. Listen to me. I'm going off a little bit here, but I won't go off much. Nothing gets into the headspace and the heart space where you go to God's word and you literally allow his word to direct your every step. His word. And when false doctrine comes like was really infiltrating the church at Colossians, when that false doctrine starts to, to present itself to you, you recognize it. I can hear a title of a book. I can hear a subtitle of a book. I can hear a few clips and I can recognize false doctrine. That's because you study God's full and sufficient word and you recognize truth from lies. There is so much happening in the church right now. There's so much. And if you're not seeing what's happening in the church right now, then I say this with all due respect and with all the love in my heart, your head is in the sand. There's, there's, there's a lot happening. There are people that are questioning if God's word is fully sufficient. There are people saying, well, it's in God's word, but he didn't mean that for this time. He didn't mean that for now. That was just way back then. That's, that's done with. Now, now it's a direct attack on, on God's design for family. There's man and there's woman and the family, right? The church is the bride of Christ. This beautiful picture is being manipulated and contorted out of selfish, deceitful ambition. And so much of it's happening from within the church and so many Christians are just eating it up like an ice cream sundae, just eating it up. And they have no clue that they're buying lies and they're buying false doctrine. Scripture is God breathed. That means it's not man breathed. Write it down. It didn't say here in 2 Timothy 3, verse 15 through 17, it didn't say that some works, you're equipped for some works, you're equipped for partial works, you're equipped for a little bit of this, but not all. Only the word of God can equip us for every good work. Listen to me. Listen to this. Only the word of God, the sufficient, complete, enough word of God, only the word of God can equip us for every good work. If you're listening to all the podcasts, all the debates, reading all the books, priding yourself on reading all the books, and you're not reading the book of life, you're going to be led astray. I just broke down very simply the doctrine of sufficiency of scripture and what that means and why it's important. If you don't believe in the sufficient, I'm going to recap it. If you don't believe in the sufficient enough word of God the completely sufficient, if you don't believe in the sufficiency of scripture, you believe that scripture is open to interpretation. You believe that scripture is open to one's interpretation. And we know that that's not true. Here at Ladies Who Love Christ, our girls know that that is not true. We know that Christ is sufficient and that his word is sufficient and that it equips us for everything, not some things, everything. That we can 
literally be equipped for a life of faith, fruitful faith and fruitful service to our King. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay? Okay. Now, going back to the book for a second, not for long. Just a few points under keys to the text that I read. First thing, philosophy means lover of wisdom. Paul equated false teachers, ladies, false teachers and philosophy with empty deceit and worthless deception. Empty deceit and worthless, worthless deception. It leads people astray. It leads people astray. It's false. I want you to write down a few key points here. Just a few. Write these down. Based on everything I just taught you from 2 Timothy and 2 Peter and the doctrine of sufficiency of scripture, based on all of that, very simple, write it. We have to be very careful to filter what is spoken into our lives. We have to be very careful to filter. I always give the example of my water filters. It filters out impurities. It filters out junk. It filters out truth from deceit. We have to be very careful to filter what is spoken into our lives. In a culture that literally idolizes people, in a culture that idolizes pastors. How sad is that? In a culture that follows and gets more excited about people than Christ. In a culture that takes their gospel, they say, this is my gospel that I learned from the reels, R-E-E-L-S, the reels that are out there. Not God's word, not the entire inerrant word of God, but rather whatever somebody wants to speak into your life. You sit there, you watch reels, you watch stories, you ingest garbage, and you don't know if you're buying truth or lies. 99.999% of the time you're buying a lie. I watch and I listen to a lot of things to see false, false, false. And yet people, again, eat it up. They eat it up. Second point, because I'm keeping us on track. People then... And people now, people then, people in the church in Colossians, people with all these different backgrounds and beliefs and without all the mystical beliefs that they had and all the false doctrine that was, was springing up, people then and people now, right here in 2023, are quick to point to a higher power. Listen to this. People are quick to point to a higher power through the mystical experience. It's why, if you live in Atlanta, get ready because I'm going to give you like a little treasure hunt here. It's why there's psychics popping up on every corner. I cannot tell you how many psychics I pass now. Psychic houses, psychic buildings. Come get your palm read. Know your future. Learn your future. Listen, ladies, <laughs> I've got a, a big wake-up call for you. This is happening in our world. And then you have people who are self-proclaiming Christians that are dabbling in this this mystical, deceitful, false philosophy, wisdom world. 
and they're mixing and intertwining things. Now, you may not go as far as to go to a psychic. You may be like, well, that's not me. Come on, I know that, right? But there are people who mix and mash their, their um, horoscopes. Oh, can't tell you how many people I know that are Christians and, oh my gosh, my horoscope, what sign are you? Right? People then and people now are quick to point to a higher power. Everybody will love you when you talk about the universal God. Listen, hang with me, girls. Everybody will love you when you talk about a universal God. God is good. It's why you saw so many people in our nation when a football player passed out on a field from a heart attack. So many people, so many people, people that literally I knew are so far from Christ talking about praying and praying. There's this universal God. No, no. When you start to define the fully sufficient Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God of the Bible from the fully sufficient word of God, when you begin to define him, the world will hate you. They're okay with the universal God. They're okay with the thought that any, any religion, any belief, no matter where they come from, we're all, everybody, as long as it, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're Mormon, doesn't matter if, if you're Muslim, doesn't matter if you're Jehovah's Witness, you know, we all believe in the same God. No. No, 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 no. And that is proof right there that you're not going to the fully sufficient word of God. Ladies, listen to me. Now more than ever, now more than ever, people are searching. People are searching. They don't know how to go about it. They don't know that they need Jesus Christ and his fully sufficient word fully capable of equipping us for a life of faith and service to him, fully sufficient. They don't know that. We have this hope. We have this hope of eternity set in our heart. We have this faith in Jesus Christ. We have this faith. Are we sharing it? Are we really making a study of his word priority? These are challenging things that I'm posing to you tonight and questions. They're challenging questions that I'm posing to you tonight because I want you to think about your faith. I want you to think about your faith. I want you to think about your relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to think about it on a much, much, much deeper level. It is time that we get serious. We have this hope of eternity through faith in Jesus, but it is essential that we know and believe Jesus Christ, write this down. It is essential. It's essential that we know and believe Jesus Christ and his word to be fully and completely sufficient. When you talk, when you define Jesus, and when you talk about the sufficiency of scripture, you start to understand why the way is narrow. When you talk about, when you really define Jesus Christ as the image of the invisible God, and you talk about the sufficiency of his word in scripture, you start to really understand why scripture says the way is narrow. Because the more that you narrow it down, the, based on God's word, based on what he tells us, 
the more people will reject you. Listen to me. Come on and listen right now. You will be rejected. People will fight you. People will hate you. People will fill in the blank. When you start to, when you start to go beyond, oh yeah, God is good. God is good too. Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the image of the invisible God. There is no way to the Father, but through the Son. There's not multiple ways. There are not multiple religions. There is one way, one way to the Father. And that's through his Son, Jesus Christ. When you start to get into the sufficiency and the definitions, and you really start to break it down, you're going to see. And a lot of these lies lies, empty deceit, as Paul called them when he was talking to the Colossians, empty deceit. All of these lies are springing up from within the church. There is, a, there is literally a division in our churches right now. Or is the place that you are planted, I'm going to go there, it's not in my notes, is the place that you are planted, is the place that you are growing, is the place that you are going to be spiritually fed, is this place a place that believes in the complete, inerrant, full sufficiency of the word of God? Is this place preaching Jesus Christ as the only way, or is it leaving the sufficiency of, of scripture and the sufficiency of, of Christ open to one's interpretation, and thus, therefore, going against everything in God's word that he calls sin and, and saying, well, it's okay, it's good. That's why scripture says the way is narrow. The way is narrow. The way is narrow. But yet we live as, as believers in Christ. We live in this volatile world that, that hates Jesus. Let's just, let's just, let's call it for what it is. Most people will reject the name of Jesus. Anyone can say, I believe in God. I'm praying for you and everyone's fine. But when you say, I believe in Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the image of the invisible God, the one through whom there is the only way. He's the only way to heaven, the only way you're going to start to see your circle go real, real small. Do you see where I'm going with this? When you challenge the doctrine of sufficiency of scripture, you leave God's word open to one's interpretation. You leave his word open to one's interpretation. People are searching. People are searching. Get in God's word. Study his word. Spend time with him. The writing and reading of many books is endless. Stop priding yourself on reading all of the books and listening to all of the podcasts and following all of the people and literally open God's word and study his word. It is completely equipped. I mean, it, it, it will completely equip you, as I shared in 2 Timothy, for teaching and rebuking and correction and reproof for everything that you need to live a life of fruitful service to our king. Everything is in his word. Everything is in his word. Okay, so now we're gonna turn, check my time, I'm doing good. We're gonna turn to page 44 and 45. Again, if you don't have the book, don't stress it because I'm bulleting these things out. I'm going through the passages with you, okay? So we went through some of the keys to the text. Now, this is what 
Paul was saying to the church at Colossia, the, the Colossian church. This is what Paul was saying to all the false doctrine that was springing up. This is what he said to talk about the full and complete sufficiency of Christ. Colossians 2, verse 3. We read it together earlier, but we're going to read it again because you can never have enough repetition when you're studying God's word. You can never have enough repetition. Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. And it says, in him, in Christ, in Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So instead of searching for all these philosophical things, instead of searching for all these mystical things, everything you need, everything, sweet ladies, whoever is on the other side of these cameras, everything you need is found in Christ and Christ alone everything you need. In him are hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Christ alone, write it down. What this is saying is Christ alone is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. Please write it. I don't care how basic it sounds to you. Write it. Christ alone is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. What this passage specifically is saying, ladies, is that we need not seek wisdom and knowledge. We need not seek wisdom and knowledge in anything apart from Christ. There are a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. There are a lot of false teachers, false preachers, now, everywhere, everywhere. You better know, know that you know that you know where you are to grow in God's word, where your church home is, what their statement of salvation is, what they believe. Do they believe in Old Testament to new, or do they say you can throw out half the Old Testament? Do they believe in the sufficiency of scripture? Do they believe in the sufficiency of Christ? These are things that, however simplistic they may sound, these are things that people are buying false empty lies with from within their own churches. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. We don't seek wisdom and knowledge anywhere with anything from anyone apart from Jesus Christ. And I don't care how many followers they have. I don't care how many people love them. I don't care how cool their kicks are, how awesome they dress, how hip they are. I don't care. Test and approve every single word that is spoken into your life. Every single word through the fully sufficient, inerrant, without error, infallible, Word of God. <sighs> Number two in the book. I'm just, I wrote notes. So I'm reading from my notes. What words or phrases did Paul use to spell out the basics of the Christian walk? Let's turn to Colossians chapter two. Colossians chapter two, verses six and seven. And here's what it says. So then, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, listen to this. Just as you've received, we've all received Christ. If you've accepted 
this precious gift of Jesus Christ, if you've accepted him as Lord over your life, if you've accepted that you are a sinner and apart from him, there's no other way. There's zero hope. If you believed on his name and confessed your sins and confessed him as Lord of your life, so then just as you had received Christ, it says, continue to live in him. What does that mean there? Continue to live in him. There's some due diligence, gals. There's not just, oh yeah, I've accepted Jesus. I'm good. See you in heaven. No. No, there's some due diligence to grow in God's word. Sanctification is a lifelong process. Sanctification, I just flipped and lost my page, is a lifelong process. Continue to live in him. Verse seven, being rooted and built up. Write it, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught overflowing with gratitude so i'm going to bullet it out with you because we just read that together first bullet write it down continue to live in christ it doesn't just it it, it just starts when you receive him as lord of your life over your life That is the most exciting, awesome place when you recognize that you are a sinner and you need Jesus Christ. That is the most exciting starting place. But sanctification, growing in in Christ's likeness and holiness is a lifelong process. You must continue to live in him. And how do we do that? Through his fully sufficient, fully inerrant, fully complete, fully infallible word of God without any error. Old Testament to New Genesis to Revelation. You continue to live in Christ. You continue to make him your priority. You follow Jesus Christ and not people. You follow Jesus Christ and not pastors. You follow Jesus Christ and not celebrities. You follow Jesus Christ and not ball players. You follow Jesus. You run after him, like I said last week. You run after him. You pursue truth every day of your life, and you cannot. You cannot. I'm going to say it one more time in case you're asleep. You cannot know if you're buying lies and empty deceit, like Paul called it, empty deceit and deception. You cannot know that if you're not studying God's word. You cannot know that if you're not studying his word. The second point, the second point from that passage or passages, being rooted and built up in him. Rooted, rooted. Why did he use the word rooted? I don't know anything that grows luscious vegetables and fruit that doesn't have deep roots. I don't know anything that does not grow luscious fruits and vegetables, nourishment, without a deep root system rooted and built up in them. Every day, every day. The third thing, being established in the faith. Being established. When you know that you know, that you know that Jesus Christ is fully and completely sufficient and his word is fully and completely sufficient. When you know that, listen, girls, I'm going off, but just just bear with me a second. When you know that, you're not afraid to lose people. You love people. You love them because you're called to love them, but you certainly are not afraid to lose them. What does that do? 
that takes you from a place of having to people please to you please one. You no longer please man, you, you please Christ alone. That's exactly what that does. You're established, you're firm, you've made up your mind. Let me, let me make it real simple for my parents here. When the kids, the kids wanted to test you and try you with all the things, all the things like we do to God, to a holy and a righteous God. They want to test you and try you with all the things. And you're like, no, firm, done. You're established. Your mind is made up. Then he gives us, in this last verse, verse seven, Colossians 2, verse seven, he gives us a call to action. And it's a very interesting one that we are to be overflowing. Think of a cup. That cup is overflowing with water. You turn the water on, you forget to shut it off and that cup's overflowing. Overflowing with gratitude, with gratefulness. Okay? Now, we're gonna turn to Colossians 2 verse eight. I love going verse by verse by verse. That's my favorite thing. I don't want to hear all the stories. I don't want to hear all the motivational hoopla. I want to hear what God's word is telling me and teaching me about a particular thing. Verse eight, it says, be careful. So simple. Be careful. Be on alert. Be sober. Be aware. Wake up. Red flags. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy the Greek word meaning love of wisdom, that no one takes you captive through love of wisdom, okay? An empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than on Christ. Again, he was talking to people that were steeped in Old Testament tradition. They were steeped in Old Testament ways and laws and adhering to works. And then you had the Jews and the Gentiles in, in the church together. False doctrine was running rampant. He was saying, be careful. Be careful that no one takes you away. Be careful that you're not swept away. Be careful that you're not swept away by a love of wisdom. Be careful that you're not swept away by empty deceit. Because going back to Colossians 2 verse 3, in him, in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ and Christ alone. Christ and Christ alone. Human thinking is based on observable elements that cannot reveal the whole truth of God's creation. When you think about the mixture of adhering to all of the Old Testament laws, all of the Old Testament ways, all of the human traditions, all of these things, works, steeped in law and works, all of these things were based on other things and not Jesus Christ. Human thinking is based on observable elements. That means things we can see. Listen, human thinking is based on things that we can see with our eyes, things that we can understand, things that we can reconcile. That's what this is saying. It cannot reveal the whole truth 
It does not reveal the whole truth of God's creation. There are a lot of things that you may not see. That's why he talks about faith as big as a mustard seed. If you don't know, a mustard seed is the tiniest little seed. It is so teeny tiny. I have it in a necklace. A teeny, 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 tiny little seed that grows up into this massive tree. That's what he's saying. Faith as big as a mustard seed. Having faith as big as a mustard seed. Faith, not by sight, not by observable elements, but by God's word and what we know to be true through his fully sufficient word. Number four, in what ways is Christ greater than all worldly philosophies? There's a lot of worldly philosophies. There's a lot of pastors that stand on a stage and buy worldly philosophies and mix and, and swirl up God's word with worldly philosophies, false doctrine, doctrinal impurity, you can call it, right? In what ways is Christ greater than all worldly philosophies? Let's turn to verse 10. Let's go to verse 10. And what does it say? Well, we're going to go to 9 and 10. 9 and 10. Verse 9. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. The entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Jesus Christ. And you've been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. Listen, there's people that are going to deny it. There's people that are going to say it's not true. But I'm here to tell you, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. It is time now that you stop getting stagnant in your growth, that you stop being stagnant stagnant water you stop being stagnant you start opening god's word you start questioning everything that's taught to you everything you have been filled by him who's the head over every single ruler and authority the entire fullness of god's nature dwells in christ and we have been filled with christ Now, write this down. This is not in the book anywhere. Write it down. True spiritual fullness, because again, that's why psychics are everywhere, charging $25 to read your poem. They're going to tell you what your future's like. No. Sorry, but no. Sorry, not sorry. True spiritual fullness is only attained through union with Jesus and not through worldly empty deceit. If you want true wisdom, if you want true knowledge, if you want true fruit, if you want true growth, it is only done through union with Jesus Christ, through knowing his word. Remember what I told you just a few moments ago. If scriptures God breathed, it's not man breathed. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God used men to write it, to pen it. But no, if it is God breathed, it's not man breathed. And you don't run to worldly, empty things. You don't run to false doctrine. You don't run to people. You don't idolize people. You don't idolize pastors. You don't run to psychics. You don't mix 
universalism with Christianity. You don't water it down. You're not the Christian that shows up to church on Sunday and then comes home to read the Sunday paper and looks up your horoscope. We don't do that because the two don't mesh, right? This is what he was talking about. Be careful, be alert, be sober-minded, be aware. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10, write it down next to it, because now you know what sufficiency is. These two passages affirm the supremacy and the sufficiency, supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus Christ. The supremacy and the sufficiency of Christ and Christ alone. Now, the next point, I'm still on question four, and these are just all things, all additional things that I wanted to share with you directly from God's word. Nothing that I, I thought of, nothing that I read up. These are things that are in God's word. The next point, we must be obedient to Jesus Christ before any other authority, over any other authority. We must be obedient to Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean here now in 2023? There's a lot of things happening in our world that directly oppose the word of God and the way God designed the family. There's a lot of things, so many things. There's little boys that don't know if they're little girls and little girls that don't know if they're little boys and LGBTQ, LMNOP, all of the things that directly oppose what God designed his beautiful, precious, amazing design. You are going to, you are going to, not if, but when, you are going to lose people on account of Christ. I taught about it last week. We as ladies who love Christ are to be obedient to Jesus Christ over every other authority. Before any other authority. Let's turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. I just want to read this to you. Verse 11 This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. I have a massive, giant, thousands of pounds, probably, in the literal corner. The, mo the corner of my yard, the cornerstone. And I absolutely love because every time I see it, I think of this passage. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders who has become the cornerstone. Verse 12, there is salvation in no one else, narrow way, no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. This is the narrow way. This is the narrow way. We have to be obedient to Christ before any or over any other authority. Let's turn to Acts chapter five. Acts, I'm almost done here. Acts chapter five, verses 29 through 32. It says, Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than people. Verse 29, straight from scripture. We must obey God rather than people. Verse 30, the God of our ancestors raised up Jesus whom you'd murdered by hanging him on a tree. 
verse 31. God exalted this man to his right hand. Remember, I taught about that last week. The right hand of God means the most prominent place over every ruler, over every king, over every authority, everybody, the most prominent place. He exalted him and sat him at the right hand as ruler and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Verse 32, we are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. We as ladies who love Christ we believe in the sufficiency of Christ. We believe in the sufficiency of scripture. We believe in the entirety of God's word. That means it's not open to our interpretation. It's not man-breathed, it's God-breathed. It's not man-breathed, it's God-breathed. And you test and you approve everything. And as you were called to in Colossians, let me go back, let me go back. In Colossians chapter two, Paul was talking to them and he literally gave them the points. So simple, be rooted, have a strong root system, be built up, be established in the faith, be overflowing with gratitude, be careful, be alert, be sober, be aware that no one takes you captive through philosophy, through love of wisdom, because in Christ alone are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And if you wanna know God's will, you need to get in, dive in, immerse in, saturate yourself in God's word. Everybody wants to know God's will, but nobody wants to go and make a study of God's word. You wanna show up on a Sunday, and if this is convicting, sorry, not sorry, you want to show up on a Sunday to be spoon-fed God's word, to be told what to think, to be told what to believe without testing, without approving, but they, they got all the fault. There's some mega, mega, mega pastors here in Atlanta that are sending people far, far from the Jesus of the Bible. You must test and approve every word of God, every word of God. And then the final, <laughs> I promise, final Question number five, what did Paul mean when he said that Christians are complete in Jesus Christ? What did he mean by that? He was talking about the full and utter and complete sufficiency, okay, the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. We're going to read John 1.16 and Ephesians 1.3. Believers are complete in Christ by the imputed perfect righteousness of Christ and through the complete sufficiency. Listen to that the complete sufficiency of all heavenly resources needed for spiritual maturity through God's word, through God's word. John, turn to John chapter one, verse 16. John chapter one, verse 16, give me a second to get there. Indeed, we've all received grace upon grace, charis upon charis, favor upon favor from his fullness, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth, favor and truth came through Jesus Christ. Came through Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people, girls, listen to me, and I'm, I'm wrapping it up. There's a lot of people. 
just like I said with a mega, mega, mega pastor. There's a lot of people that stand on stages and they say that it's about Jesus, but maybe somewhere deep down in their heart, it's really not, it's about them. You have got to be so careful who you allow to speak into your life. And you have got to be so careful to study God's word and to not take what you hear and just assume it's truth. Christ and Christ alone. Ephesians 1, 3 says, and we're done. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings, every spiritual blessing in the heavens, in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. So you may be wondering, how do I know? Like, how do I know if where I am is sound? How do I know if I'm buying false doctrine? How do I know if I'm buying, you know, like 90% truth, 10% lie? When I share with you girls, I share very, 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 uh, gosh, what is the word I'm looking for? Very um, lovingly that when you take a lot of truth and you mix it with a little bit of lie, you no longer have truth. You no longer have truth. You have to test and you have to approve absolutely every single thing and every single word that people teach to you. Then, and we're gonna end, we're ending, we're ending. Truth for today, page 47. As a result of the fall, man is in a sad state of incompleteness. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. We are in a sad state of incompleteness. He's spiritually, man is spiritually incomplete because he's totally out of fellowship with God. Totally out of fellowship with God. I'm going to read verbatim here because I want to make sure that I don't mess up any of this and I get the right integrity of, of what he's saying. He's morally incomplete because he lives outside of God's will. He's mentally incomplete because he does not know ultimate truth. At salvation, believers are made complete. We're spiritually, spiritually complete because we have fellowship with God. We're now morally complete and that we recognize the authority of God's will. We're not answering to ourselves. We are, we're answering to God himself, right? We're, we're mentally complete because we know the truth about ultimate reality. To maintain as the Colossian false teachers did, that those who were in Christ still lacked anything is absurd. That's what they were teaching, that those who were in Christ still lacked something. It's Jesus and his precious, precious gift through faith by grace, it's not Jesus plus anything, Jesus and, Jesus but, no, none of it. Those who are partakers of the divine nature have through God's divine power been all things that pertain to life and godliness. All true believers are complete in Christ and do not need the teachings, I love how he put this, it's so bam, of any cult or false teacher. We don't need that. Everyone has a choice whether to follow human wisdom or to come to Christ. To follow human wisdom is to be kidnapped by the emissaries of Satan and his false system. 
which leaves a person spiritually incomplete. To come to Christ, listen to this, to come to Christ is to come to the one who alone offers completeness. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, he offers completeness in Christ and Christ alone. May those of us who have found Christ never doubt his sufficiency, his enoughness, his enough, enoughness. I'm going back, back to the definition I wrote or I read you at the beginning. His sufficiency by turning aside to follow any human wisdom. I broke down the doctrine of sufficiency of scripture tonight for you. I talked about the sufficiency of Christ that he is enough. You don't need all the things. You can take your immense, deep study of God's word and go to other things to, to after you've studied God's word, if you need further clarification or commentaries, or but to read all the books, to listen and follow all the people, but not to open God's word, is to leave yourself completely open to error, to false teaching, and to deceit. It's very easy. It's very easy very easy to happen. Now, I started to say something and I totally got sidetracked earlier, but I'm going to end with this. How do I know if I'm in a strong place? How do I know if I'm in the right place? Number one, number one, get ready, write it down. You need to understand their statement of faith. Every single church, every single church should have a statement of faith and what they believe. You take that to God's word. You take that to God's word. As you study God's word, number two, as you study his fully sufficient word, you're not going to have to worry. You're going to recognize false teachings. Trust me. I see stuff left and right now that I'm like, oh my gosh, no, don't read it. Don't order the book. No, run, burn it, burn it just by a title or a subtitle. Teresa, I will, I will reach out to you after and, and give that to you. I have a whole lot. Um, so I'll give you like, I'll give you my, my top three. Go to God's word, study God's word, test and approve everything. Test and approve everything. Read a church's statement of faith. If you're more excited to show up on Sunday to follow a pastor, to follow somebody, to idolize, I'm just going to call it what it is. It's idolatry. If you're more excited about that than showing up with a fervent hunger for God's word, there's a place for repentance there. There's a place to pray and repent of that. The more you study God's word, the more that you recognize false doctrine, and false teachings. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you did tonight. I thank you for these women. I thank you, Lord, that they are here on a Tuesday night making your word priority. I pray, Heavenly Father, I'm so aware. I am so aware every time I teach or do anything, Lord, of how ill-equipped I am apart from you. I pray, Lord, that you give these women um, fervor and excitement and hunger for your word. I pray that you... Um, continue to, to 
um, push her, Lord, literally push her to your word to, to test and prove everything, Heavenly Father. I thank you for what you did for us through Jesus Christ. The way really is narrow, Heavenly Father. Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God, Lord, there was no other way. We were completely and utterly broken and lost and dead in our trespasses, but, but by the precious, precious blood of Jesus Christ, you made a way for us. And I thank you for that. I pray that in every area of our lives, I pray that in every area of our lives, we glorify and honor Jesus, that we don't make things about us in a world that's so much, Lord, about followers and accolades and people and likes and blah, 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 Lord, that we just still the chaos and we make it all about you. That, Lord, we just hunger for you. It's this insatiable, 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 it cannot be filled hunger. We can't get enough. That our lives become all about glorifying and honoring you in our vocations, in our location, in our homes, with our children. Lord, that we have a boldness to speak up and proclaim your name. That we have a boldness to speak up and proclaim the name of Jesus. That we have no no hidden heart motive, Lord, that it be about us, but that it's all about you. Let us get so serious about our study of your word, Lord. Let us grow deeper roots, like Paul was saying, being rooted deep, deep, deep root system, Lord, in you. And let us not be taken by empty deceits and worldly philosophies. Let us recognize that everything is met in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ alone. It's in Jesus' beautiful and precious and holy name I pray. Amen. All right, gals. I am so proud of y'all for hanging in there. Uh, Teresa, I'm going to actually just put this out there for all of you. If any of you have questions, um, I had a gal reach out and she had a question this week about a passage. I love that. I love that. You can reach out through Ladies Who Love Christ. Um, you, .com, you can go to the website, fill out the contact form or ladies who love Christ at iCloud.com. That's my email. It may take a day or two ish, but I will get back to you. I promise. Um, and yes, Teresa, go ahead and just email me ladies who love Christ at iCloud.com. And I'll share some, some different things with you. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have questions, let me know, make sure this week you're studying chapter six on your own. And then we're going to come together next Monday for chapter seven. And you gals can go ahead and say a prayer right now that I don't have any more excavators in my backyard digging massive holes next Monday. Okay. Because I was like, your girl can't focus now. So anyway, God bless you guys. I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you for studying God's word with me. And I look forward to seeing y'all next week. Bye-bye.